Cooking Shop with Teresa and Bree. Today yay. is yay. <laughs> Today is August twenty eighth, two thousand and thirteen. My name is Teresa Reed. I'm also known as the Tarot Lady, and you can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. And my partner in crime, you want to introduce yourself? Hey everyone, I'm Bree Saucy, and you can find me at milagroroots.com. So that's www.milagroroots.com. And we so, are very excited tonight with our special guest, Teresa. Do you want to introduce her? Well, first, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be talking about tonight? This is a hot topic for those of us who are, you know, in business. So tell us, tell everybody what we're talking about tonight. Bri. It is. It is. We're super excited about this conversation. We are going to be talking about creating online community. So one of the very first talking shops that we did talked about why you need to have a website and why if you do metaphysical work, spiritual work, work in the sacred arts, you need to have a virtual presence. And tonight I I really feel like we're taking that to like the next level of depth because we're going to be talking about how you form online communities that actually work. And I'm sure that many of you guys have, have, you know, if you're on Facebook, you're a member of an online community. Um, but there are lots of different kinds, and some of them work better than others. And uh, and there are some tricks to forming them. And so that's what we're going to be spending our time with this evening. Right on. And, you know, the big thing that we want to really uh, show people tonight is that online groups can be a very positive and healthy experience. It can be great for your business. It can be really great for helping people. And a lot of us, this metaphysical work, we're all out to help people. So by doing things like having forums and you know, Facebook groups and stuff like that, what we're really doing is we are reaching out and not just spreading our work, but connecting with people and really helping people. So we, we've got a lot to say about this. Uh, we are going to talk about issues that might arise also and also what to do when it's time to move on, which is a very important subject because um, sometimes groups run their course. So anyhow, our guest tonight is somebody that Bree and I are really excited about. Um, we are bringing the fabulous Joanna Powell Colbert joining <laughs> us tonight for this hot topic. Uh, Joanna is an artist. You, actually, she doesn't need an introduction, and most of us do know her, but she's an artist. She's an author and a teacher. She loves teaching things about the natural world. She does uh, e-courses and workshops all around the country, and her workshops are on things like earth-centered spirituality, how to manifest your dreams and goals, creativity as a devotional path, and tarot as a tool for inner guidance and self-exploration. Joanna is the creator of the beloved Gaian Tarot, which I think every tarot person I know, we all have one of those, and we love it. And she also hosts the popular online community, Gaian Circle. So, Joanna, welcome, Mm -hmm. and thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for asking me. I'm really happy to be here, and I adore both of you. So, this is... Uh, We adore you, too. This is super, super exciting. We're so glad that we have you. Yes, it's a love fest tonight. That's right. All to ourselves. (laughs) And, you know, Joanna, you and me and Bree, we run in all the same circles because mm-hmm. we are 
doing our work and our work is similar but it's different we all have our own slants on it so you know it's only ine- it's inevitable when we're all in a similar industry that eventually we kind of bump into each other mm-hmm. but you know people then also uh, have their own little sub-communities and communities for very specific things. So what I'd like you to do is tell us about how you formed your guy in circle. I'd like people okay. to get an idea of how that came together for you. What was your process? Sure. Yeah, it's actually called Guy and Tarot Circle. So if people want to um, check out the public page, pages, it's at guyandtarotcircle.com. Um, but I started it in May of 2010, and that was right after the limited edition of the Guy and Tarot had come out, and there was a lot of excitement and enthusiasm about the deck because people had been waiting like me, you know, like for 10 years for this deck to come out. So it was pretty exciting when it finally did. And um, I was studying business and different things and got excited about the idea of a membership community. And I was inspired specifically by um, John Gallagher's HerbMentor.com, which is a community for herbalists, and also Mm -hmm. by the Comfort Cafe that Jen Loudon was doing. Um, And she's not doing that anymore. She closed it down a couple years ago. Um, So I did a survey of the people on my mailing list asking if it was something they would like, what kind of features would they like to have, what did they think a fair price would be, all that kind of thing. And I decided just to go for it and try it out. Um, And it was a, it was uh, a fair amount of work trying to figure out what platform to use and all the technical stuff. And luckily I had met um, Sherry Smith at the uh, Reader Studio and she signed up to be part of the circle. And I think before the first month was out, I hired her to be, <laughs> to be the tech support goddess. And um, I don't think I could have done it without her. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it took a while to um, really get, do you think the hardest thing was then setting up the tech part, Joanna? Um, I don't think I, I know I couldn't have done that without her and, you know, without help. I couldn't have done that on my own. And this was, you know, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago. It's like three and a half years ago, 2010, right. But that was really before people were using Facebook groups a lot, you know, which mm-hmm. are obviously free. And I don't know how much you want to get into the pros and cons of what sort of a platform to use. But um, at that time, we we decided to go with a membership site software and a forum, and it's all part of a WordPress um, a website. And I still think that that's probably my favorite choice for this kind of a, a setup. And if I end up doing another membership site next year, which is a possibility, I think I'm going to keep it um, with, with the setup I already have rather than using Facebook. So do you want to tell us, since you kind of hinted at that, Uh um, pros and cons? I'm really, uh, Bree, aren't you curious what you think? I I am. I I totally am. I think think that this is something that we should definitely spend a little bit of time about because there's a lot of of free forums Mm -hmm. and free communities out there. Um, and then you know there are there are some well-known membership communities as well. Right. So what what have you found? Like what do you what do you like? What um what are some of the differences that you've noticed? Okay, well first of all, there's you have to I think start by dividing communities up into whether or not they're paid or free communities. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a free community, 
it's kind of a no-brainer to use Facebook because it doesn't cost anything, you know, so that's the first thing. Um, to, to use the kind of community I use is, does, there is a substantial amount of, of uh, money involved, of infrastructure, of, of paying for help and paying for hosting and paying for the chat room and paying for the teleseminar service and all this kind of stuff. So right. there, you need to charge a fee in order to recoup your costs and hopefully to make um, a profit with it. Uh, with Facebook, um, I think that's, I know that some people, I'm actually enrolled in a couple of e-courses now where the uh, community part of it is done in a Facebook group. And I think that sometimes that works really well. And what works well about it is a lot of people are on Facebook every day anyway, so it's very easy just to pop over and check out what's going on with your class. I think that one of the cons about using Facebook for that is that it's very hard to search. You know, like right now we have, on the Guy and Turo Circle, we have, you know, three and a half years of archives of teleseminars and of um, material in the forum, and, and I just don't see how you would possibly be able to find that stuff. I think it would be really hard to find it on in Facebook. Mm -hmm. And and the other, um, the other downside is that there are a lot of people, more than you might think, who just won't have anything to do with Facebook whatsoever, period. That is very true. So, yeah. Right on. So um, when I, I was, not too long ago, I was doing a little informal survey asking people what they thought for the next phase of what we might do and where we might go from here. And pretty much it was thumbs down on the Facebook group. So. Wow. That's really interesting mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I, I've noticed, too, that, you know, it, it's either a love or hate thing with the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Have you found mm -hmm. that to be true, too, guys? Very, I think so. very I think much so. They feel yeah. strongly about it, you know, like really mm -hmm. strongly about it. And every once in a while, because I do a couple things uh, with Facebook groups here and there, mm -hmm. uh, but every once in a while I'll meet somebody who's really resistant and they don't want to work with that. It doesn't watch for them, and I totally get that. Mm -hmm. I really get that and respect that. Mm -hmm. I also sometimes wonder, um, you know, Teresa, you and I are in several of the same groups, and I think, Joan, I think we are too, and you mm -hmm. know, it's one thing that I notice is I have a small Facebook uh, private group of my students, my students who do my big class offering, and they mm -hmm. are amazing, and they really utilize that group, um, but sometimes I think when you get into larger numbers and you've got several hundred people or even like a thousand, you know, several thousand people, it, that, it starts to get, I don't know if it's the interface or what it is, but I think it starts to get really kind of confusing and a little cluttered. Mm -hmm. Do you all, you all find mm -hmm. that? Yep. I do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I find too is sometimes with groups like that, you get in and you join a group and maybe there's like 300 people and all of a sudden you start getting these friend requests from people you don't know. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is one of the cons on Facebook groups and mm -hmm. Facebook communities and I I'm very moon and Scorpio, and I've had a few very bad experiences that way, which I won't get into, but uh, with people who really were not appropriate, let's put it that way, or uh, yeah. whatever. But anyhow, uh, so I'm I'm actually kind of gun shy about that. I I prefer to like know somebody, or at least know their face, or have interacted mm -hmm. with them for a long time. So I find that that ability for any old buddy to send you a friend request when you happen to just float in the same group is kind of a little odd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I totally, I think that that's, I, I so see that too. 
Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It can be mm-hmm. it can be very uncomfortable. So that mm-hmm. I think is one of the things that I don't like about Facebook groups. Mhm. So yeah. <clears throat> let me ask you this too, you know, um how do you feel that these online communities really can help metaphysical businesses? I mean, I find mm-hmm. for me the communities do help. Like my Facebook page has been mm-hmm. really great for my business because people get to connect and we get to mm-hmm. talk and talk some tarot talk. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fantastic for me to connect with people who mm-hmm. want to get to know me better. I'm sure both you guys have felt the same way too. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts Very on that, Joanna? Well, I I love connecting with people on Facebook. I, I adore Facebook for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the For the Guy Intro Circle and also in the e-courses that I teach, I, I feel like the relationships go a lot deeper mm-hmm. because they are private groups and because people are paying, um, you know, a fee in the case of the Guy Intro Circle, it's a small monthly membership fee, but it um, it's still, it's a way of filtering people. And so the convers- it's a safer place. I've heard people say it's a safer place than Facebook. You can get a little bit more intimate. There's the assumption that there's a certain amount of confidentiality going on. Um, and this is where, it's kind of where you're, um, you're, I don't really like the word fan, but what I was going to say, it's, where you, it's a place for your hardcore fans to gather with you. Right. Um, yeah. I don't really like the term fan or follower because I really feel, I really, um, I believe that I learn as much from the people that are attracted to my work as, you know, they learn from me and that I'm often a raving fan of the people that are attracted to my stuff. So I think that the, um, for me, the, the most important part of building community within um, a membership site or within a course is that you really get to deepen your relationships with people. And then when you get to, you know, if you get to meet them in person, and I've really been fortunate enough to, um, over the years, meet people at, you know, tarot conferences or at retreats or at workshops that I've done, and it takes it to an even deeper level after you've met somebody in person and then you go back to knowing their voice on the phone and, and you know, their avatar online and it just takes it even deeper. So um, I think it's just a way to go, uh, just to become more intimate with the people that really mm-hmm. resonate with your work. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And do you notice, and, and what do you, maybe you can tell us or share with us if this has been an issue for you in any of your groups. One thing that I've noticed, and I, I suspect that Teresa will know what I'm talking about here, is some people use, uh, you know, groups, especially the, the, the ones that you don't pay for, mm-hmm. that are open access, um, mm-hmm. to really, like, hawk their their wares, you know, to to ask people to come over and like their page or get, you know, get people to, to come over and see what they're selling or advertise their website or, or whatever. Um, and it seems like, you know, the, the motivation there is there's, there's a sense of, okay, there's, there's a community that where, you know, I may be providing something that some of these community members are interested in. And that mm-hmm. by itself doesn't seem like a problematic thing, but I think that mm-hmm. we've all been in situations where it's kind of like, you know, like stop spamming the group already with, mm-hmm. with whatever yeah. your thing is. So how do you, like, how do you navigate that? Has that been an issue? Have you seen that be an issue in paid communities, yours or any others? And, like, how do you, how do you kind of feel about that and navigate that? 
Um, for me, it has not been an issue because in the Guy and Thoreau circle, there's um, a section called the marketplace, and I actually encourage people to post on there, and people could do it more than they do. They really could. You know, I, I would really, I really want to know what people mm -hmm. are teaching and selling, and I, you know, I, w mm -hmm. I would like to support these people, and so we have a marketplace, and, and that's where you can go and talk about what you do, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, and in the, um, the forums for my e-courses, there's always the section called Chit Chat, and that would be a perfectly acceptable place to also to go there and talk about it. Um, I know that, you know, some marketing teachers actually teach you that as a strategy, you know, find yes, an online exactly. group. Yes, exactly. I mean, I've yeah. heard that too. Yeah, find an online group and then, you know, very subtly start, you know, sharing your stuff. And then <laughs> start hitting on people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it can it can be annoying, you know. I mean, and I think that, you know, we're all sensitive enough and maybe you don't even have to be very sensitive. You can tell when somebody, and this happens on, with blog comments too, you know, not even spam blog comments, but you can tell when somebody is just leaving a comment because they want to get your attention. So that right on, mm -hmm. they'll go to their... So what you and, do, then mm -hmm. this, is, this seems really smart, you create like mm -hmm. specific containers for that. So yeah. Recognize yeah. like, hey, we all have gifts to share, rock on. Absolutely. Here's the container where that's appropriate. Absolutely. And, you know, something that Sabeku does in his group, which I think is brilliant, because he's brilliant anyway, he but um, we, one we of, what he does them. is I think it's once a week or once a month, he starts a thread and says, you got something to share, share it. And yeah. that's, where you, that's where you can share your stuff, and the rest of the time you just don't. And that's the rule. And, you know, I think you get kicked out of the discotheque if you don't play the rules. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, no more, I think that's no a really brilliant way ball. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you know that what he's doing is he's setting uh, a boundary and some rules, and exactly. I think that is super important when you're doing groups. Um, I had a group that uh, was hosted on a forum that was really open where anybody could join, and you know, I had posted that no self promotion. Um, I had that on there very, very clear, and I still had people coming on doing self promotion stuff, and it's like. Mm -hmm. You know, this is ridiculous. So I ended up actually moving into a private place now, and we have a very strict self-promotion rule. Uh, I don't allow it in the group because I want the group to stay on topic and focus and not become just a place where people are advertising. Because yeah. I, I do have a problem with that. When I am in a group and it is constant, constant, buy my program, join my program, hey, here's the latest thing I'm doing. After a mm -hmm. while, it's like I tune it out. It's like I, I mm -hmm. can only be sold so much to. Uh, and it, it really kind of ruins the group for me. I I find for me when I'm in a group for whatever reason, my mission is I want to connect, I want to interact, I want to chit-chat, I want to share information. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to get information. I want to get support. And when it starts veering down that spam alley, that's mm -hmm. just, it it just turns me off completely. I right. hate it. Hate it. Yeah. So the question then is, mm -hmm. how do you encourage healthy, positive dialogue and interaction amongst a group, so you know mm -hmm. that it doesn't become something like that? How do we get the positive mm -hmm. and the healthy dialogues going? What what are your suggestions, Joanna? Well, there's um, first of all, I think that there's three different ways that we interact with each other in these groups, and one is um, in the forum, obviously, or the Facebook group or whatever. One is on um, phone calls, teleseminars. 
or um, circles, online circles, and one is in person. And certainly when you get together in person, it's a much, um, it's a small segment of the people that you are on the phone with and in the forum with. But when, when you're doing um, circles on the phone, like the teleseminars that we do, um, or in person, um, it's, it's very, it's very easy, I think, because it's easy, I, you know, I subscribe to the circle, um, the circle way methodology, the peer spirit mm -hmm. uh, techniques that James Wells and Bev Haskins teach and learned from Christina Baldwin and Anne Linnea, where we think of every person in the circle is a leader and every single person is deserving of respect and each person has something to bring to the circle that's important. And so in the teleseminars that I do, I always um, want to hear from everybody. And those are usually the best parts of the calls is when each person gets to come on and say what they saw in their card. We usually have a question and we pull a card, you know, or they ask questions or make comments about what the speaker has talked about. And and I love that. And it's just, it's it flows. It's very, very easy. Um, and when you're in person, you often, uh, or on the phone, you often use a timer, you know, so that, um, the person, one person can't take a, long, a lot more time than another person. Um, and in the forum, I have to tell you that I've kind of had a, a, a roller coaster um, relationship with forums where I've gone from absolutely adoring them and spending lots of time there to getting totally and completely burned out and not wanting to be there at all. And I've kind of been in that, I don't want to be in the forum space for a while, at least a year, <laughs> at least a year. And, mm -hmm. um, and I found that the, the solution to that was for me to ask for help. Mm. And, um, and of course, my allies <laughs> are the ones who said, gee, maybe you ought to like ask for help, you know. <laughs> so, so in the so in the guy intro circle, you know, Sherry Sherry does a lot of the um, uh, keeps the conversation going, and then so do I have different circle guardians like Carolyn Cushing. She does the contemplative tarot thing that she posts every Monday morning and keeps that conversation going. And I have Mari Kirshner, and she talks about our connection to the earth and what's going on with Mama Gaia and what's happening with the seasons. And you know, Arwen talks about. Um, specific cards and so different people have taken on different roles to keep the conversation going and in my e-courses I've been really fortunate to um, have a, a circle sister from real life who is a, a just the most warm and loving and welcoming forum hostess and she's in there every single day and makes everyone feel at home and I still go in there but it's not um, a heavy weight on my back the way it was for a while. So um, I think that's the key is that I, I play to my strengths. You know, I love getting out the newsletters. I love the teleseminars. I love meeting with people in person. I love being on the phone. Forum, not so much. And so I'm, I'm really asking other people to help with that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I also like the fact that, um, that you're pointing out that, you know, these people, um, it sounds like some of these people you, you knew before, um, you mm -hmm. had the the guy in true circle, but then a lot of a lot of them you met through that, and and then you know as you get to know them, you ask them, you're able to ask them to to step up and to take like a new level of responsibility and participation. So you know that's a that's a beautiful example of something mm -hmm. that really strengthens the community that comes out of the community itself. Definitely, and I've actually been um, asking different. Uh, 
people in the community to um, take on the role of a guest teacher because every month we have two teleseminars and one is me teaching on the card or the cards of the month and the other one is a guest teacher. And um, I have started to ask people from the community to be guest teachers and it's pretty wonderful. You know, we've got amazing talent in that group and amazing gifts to be shared. So, yeah. It's one of the things about, about I think, being online that can sometimes be a little bit... Um, Tricky and Teresa, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I know that I have. You know, there's a sense of you, as you know, you, your individual self, you should do it all or you should be it all. And, mm -hmm. you know, we don't start thinking about teams until relatively late in the game. And and then, you know, I know with, with me and with my students, I... I was, uh, you know, thinking, oh, I need to get somebody to help me with this and someone to help me with this. And, you know, my students then, the closer I looked, I was like, oh, they have all of these abilities. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, they, yeah. they show up. Yeah. Yeah, I never think of <laughs> I'm learning here tonight, Joanna. I never think of asking for help. I never <laughs> do. <laughs> so what? I, What's I that? I had a light bulb moment go off listening uh, to you guys. Yeah. Right oh, it's like, yeah. gee, you know, boy, it would be nice to have. <laughs> I need to get more help once in a while when I'm doing stuff like that. Uh, that is a really, yeah, I just had an aha yeah. moment. Thank you for that. Good. Good. You're welcome. <laughs> so I've got a question now. We're talking about healthy, positive dialogue. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what happens when someone goes rogue in your group. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You know, like somebody tries to take over, like a power play, or maybe there's somebody who's really needy and they're trying to really get all your attention. Uh, or maybe somebody decides to become a troublemaker, a bully. Uh, I have been in groups where I have seen stuff like this happen. And, uh, you know, where once in a while there there's some groups where they get infiltrated by ne'er-do-wells or people who have a lot of needs or maybe they're in there for an ego reason, whatever. You know, it's hard to know when people do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really required me to be hardcore or, or like in the case of one group, um, the forum was a very open thing and there were people coming in there that were, like, disruptive, like uh, just being yeah. off. Uh, so I had to shift that into a more private forum. So, you know, what would be your advice to a group leader when we've got these different types of scenarios happening? How would you happen each? How would you handle each type of scenario? And Bree, I want your thoughts on that too. So let's mm -hmm. let's talk about that. What is? How do you lead when you get this kind of stuff going on? Well, I guess the first thing I need to say is that I've I've never I've never had trouble with a power play situation or with a troll, and I think that the reason why is because there is a fee associated with the membership community, and there is obviously a fee for for the classes. Mm -hmm. It's not free, and I, I think that that fee acts as a gatekeeper. So I think that most people who you know are attracted to causing trouble or who are on an ego trip or whatever it is that they do, they are not going to want to pay money to do that. So that's actually um, one of the best reasons for having um, a paid membership site. You know, it isn't it isn't all about um, making money. It's actually a very I think it's a very interesting psychological thing. So I I can't really speak to those issues because I haven't had to deal with them. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Have but, you ever been you know, in a group, though, where you've seen somebody maybe acting out, maybe not your group that you've been um, holding space for, but, you know, have you ever witnessed it? Um, yeah, I, I have, and I think that, um, you know, what you know what I would think is that what the people need to do is be like you and be like Sabeku and just up front be very, very, very clear about what the rules are and what the boundaries are and then have consequences. It's not that much different from being a parent, right? You know, but, uh, it's like these are the rules, these are the consequences if you don't obey the rules and then you follow through. Um, and, you know, you, you might even have to, ask, you know, kick someone out. And I know that that happens. So, um, and that's easier said than done. I haven't actually had to do that myself. So. <laughs> right, right. It's not, you know what, it's, it's, it's not, not easy to do yeah. that. It's not fun either. Yeah. Nobody wants to no, say, not. hey, you're acting like a jerk. You need to leave. Right. Uh, right. And also, we don't want to feel, I think, for any of us who do online things, we don't want to feel like we have to um, scold people. We We really yeah. want to treat everyone like an adult and like, okay, we're all showing up as adults here to work together. So when you have to go into that mindset that I have to police this or I have to reprimand, I I, I don't like doing that to adults. I really just, it's just not something I want to do. I mean, I have adult children. I don't even want to yell at them anymore. Um, But Bree, I want to know if you've ever had to deal with those types of groups. I mean, what did you, have you ever dealt with like a power play or a needy person who's sucking out of the I have. I totally have. Yeah, I'm, I am, I've, I've been involved in several online forums um, at different levels as as a participant, as a moderator. And I'm not really anymore um, just because I don't really have the time. Like I have my own sort of, you know, my people that I that I work with. I have my my very full days. And so I don't really get to visit them anymore. But I've definitely seen that kind of behavior. And you know, I think that Joanna is absolutely right. I think one of the really big things that starts to happen when you charge um, for certain types of online communities is that, that price does work as a filter, you know, and there really is a there there is a, a question of like, okay, am I willing to invest in this? And typically if you say you're willing to invest in something, you don't show up and act like an ass then like afterwards exactly. you know i mean you could do that but but i think that it definitely makes it less likely um you know i think in in really really large groups you're going to have troublemakers that just mm-hmm. you know i just think it's like mm-hmm. the law of averages so and so in those <laughs> cases um i think it's really important that you have moderators um, and, you know, I think, Joanna, you had uh, referred to them as space holders or circle guardians. I really mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, who mm-hmm. you're, you know, the, the vision of the forum, the vision of the community is clearly stated, and the people who are responsible for helping to hold that space are on the same page with mm-hmm. the vision. So, you know, we don't have, like, well, this is my idea of what the circle needs to be, but, you know, this is, as a community, right. this is what we've agreed on. And mm-hmm. so... When we see behavior that runs counter to that or that can be, you know, um, in some way destructive to that vision, to that principle or set of principles, then we take action to protect the circle and to keep it, to keep the sanctuary safe, to keep the space mm-hmm. sacred. Um, and then I think in, in smaller groups where it's like, you know, you have, um, you know, they're really your people 
uh, more or less, and and they're you know and they're they're coming together to share. And you've got somebody who's really needy, or you've got someone who's mm-hmm. who's uh, kind of creating problems. You know, I I first um, because my my son is in Libra, right? So I first I I'm conciliatory, and I take a behavior like that as as someone's way of asking for help. They need mm-hmm. something. Um, something is going on, and so let's let's see if we can if we can try to address that. Um, and you know, in those situations, whoever is uh, you know responsible for holding the space, I would hope that they would contact the person and and you know see what's what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But my son is also conjunct Pluto, so after <laughs> after the nice method doesn't work, then it's time to close in on the ranks and say, you know, this is not the this is not the appropriate place. This is not the appropriate time. Um, it's interesting because I was just I was at a live circle with um, a very well-known author and a teacher a couple weekends ago, and there was one young woman in the circle, and she was going through she was going through a hard time. Like you could just tell that emotionally mm-hmm. there was stuff going on, and there was there was always drama around her. You know, there was just like a little cyclone of drama that was wherever she was. You know, it was mm-hmm. she saw something and it scared her, and you know, mm-hmm. then she was sick, and then she couldn't eat something. And the the second day, and you know, and it was one of those people. You know, everybody's kind of like, okay, it's that person. And the second day, she was going to various people in the circle and asking them if they had like a leave, if they had like Tylenol or something. And Mm-hmm. And I was there with with one of my teachers, and my teacher said, you know, it's really interesting because she's going to all of the healers in the circle, and she's asking for Tylenol, but which, but she's really asking, can you help me, you know, because she was mm-hmm. going through some stuff. And mm-hmm. I, you know, that, because I, I can I can have a very low threshold for that kind of stuff. You know, I'm busy. If I take a weekend out of my life to go do something, like I want to get maximum fulfillment out of it. And and hearing that from one of my teachers, I was like, you know, that's a very important, um, you know, insight and also lesson in humility. And it didn't mean that we stopped the circle to address her because that wasn't the appropriate time or space. But it was mm-hmm. also kind of like, what's underneath the disruption? What's going on there? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you to this now. This is an interesting dilemma that I have faced in different groups that I've been involved with. What if you have two people who can't stand each other in the group, and there is, this 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 does happen? You know, uh, what happens when you have that energy and? Maybe you can feel it, or you have one person saying, I don't want to be in the group if so-and-so's there. How do you handle it when there's people in the group that hate each other's guts? <laughs> Are you talking about, um, again, for a free community or a paid situation? Let's just talk about any old community, whatever. I, mm-hmm. I think in a paid community, it's less likely to happen. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Well, I would think so, yeah. Yeah. I would think so. But um, in the Facebook I, I, groups, it, it can mm-hmm. happen pretty easily. Mhm. You know, I'm not even sure what to tell you um, on that, Teresa. Except I don't think that I ever want to moderate a group that's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like you know, life is too short. I mean, really, um, I I just have a really low threshold for drama. Um, 
the only thing that I really want to say is that when I have um, in the past had some issues with uh, needy people either uh, in person when I used to teach a lot of classes in person and also um, virtually um, I I'm much better than I used to be with my boundaries I'm not a very in-your-face kind of person I don't really like conflict I don't like you know having to be mean to somebody but um, it was uh, one of um, my mentors and teachers um, said to me we were discussing this sort of situation and she said you know it's not just for you keeping your boundaries it's not just important for you to do it's important for the entire community mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. like put a whole new spin on it for me because it wasn't just my issue it was um, this person is being disruptive to an entire community. And so that, that was what kind of kicked me in the pants and said, okay, I have to deal with this. You know, still wasn't easy, but I did. How do you so, deal with that, Teresa? It, it, it really depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be different. If there's people who are in a war together, I tell them that, look, you know, if you don't like this person, that's fine. But you need to keep it out of the group. Uh, when you're here, just do your thing and don't worry about this other person. That's usually what I do. And then if they can't um, handle it and they're still being complaining, I tell them then it's probably best for you to just go on about your business and just mm -hmm. not participate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's kind of like when you have two kids who are fighting and, you know, I've raised two children. It's like, look, <laughs> either you get along or suck it up at the dinner table um, you know, or you just choose not to interact right now. Move on. Right. Yeah. So right. when I've had to deal with that, that's usually, um, you know, what I've tried to, you know, do is, is kind of be a little diplomatic with them but firm at the same time. And it's the same thing I've had to do with groups when people have gotten like that. I, I used to do, like, in-person classes a lot, too, and every once in a while mm -hmm. you would get people in there that would have an attitude with each other. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. they would they would both come to you separately complaining, and that's a really difficult position to put your teacher in. So yeah. you know, I mm -hmm. say if there's somebody in a group you don't like, it's probably best for you not to be bugging your 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 teacher or the leader about that. That's something. Also, keep it to yourself. Just go handle it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, this yeah. brings up a really good question, and I think it's something that a lot of our listeners are are interested in, which is how do you find the right people when you're building, when you're creating online community, how do you find the right people? And in your experience, Joanna, do they find you? Do you find them? Like, how does it work? Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of both. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been around the block with studying with a lot of different marketing teachers out there. And something that's pretty consistent for all of them is that they teach you how to figure out who your right person is. And then mm -hmm. you, you direct all your, your marketing or promotional materials to your, quote, right person. That's capital R, capital P, right? Yeah. And so when you know who your right person is, then it's, it's pretty easy to find them or it's pretty easy to write a sales page exactly to this person you know so um, the people that I knew would want to be in the guy intro circle number one I knew that they loved my deck love right. my deck right. right number two that they probably were um, very environmentally friendly and like to spend a lot of time outside they probably are into organic cooking and they probably have a real desire to um, make the world a better place because those are all the 
the values that I put into the guy in Tarot, those are the values that inform the guy in Tarot. So I was pretty clear about who my right people were. And so um, when I wrote my sales page and, and things like that, I wrote it to that person. You know, that's who I wrote it to. And I also had a list. I, I'm not sure that you can start um, from square zero, you know, with this. It's like you already need to have had a, a newsletter going out, you need to have a list, you need to have mm -hmm. a blog or a Facebook presence or some kind of presence where you've already got people who know you and know your work and then you start um, sharing what it is you're going to do and then it just kind of is a snowball and, and goes on from there. But I think it's, um, so that, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of that, but behind that is setting the intention. Mm -hmm. And I have really um, found how important this is, especially with the retreats that I'm doing now. Because every time I do a retreat, and there's, on, there's only room for like 20 people at each retreat, and so you really can't have people that don't get along or are going to cause, you know, cause problems in a retreat. And so I, I always sit down and do a ceremony where I just draw the exact right people to come. Mm -hmm. and, and then I know that no matter who shows up, you know, who puts their money down and says, I want to come, I know they're supposed to be there. And so I know that we're going to work, I know we're going to work it out. If there are any issues, and there haven't been, um, I, know, I know it's going to be okay. I know the exact right people are going to be there. And it's kind of a contract between me and the goddess. You know, I just, I, I do that, I do that, I do that for the retreats. And, and so here's an aha moment for me. I need to be doing that for everything. And I usually do, mm. but not quite that consciously. So that's the metaphysical thing behind the nuts and bolts of learning who your right person is and writing, learning how to write sales pages directed to the right person. Beautiful. Really and like, advice. you know, I, I love ritual and I love uh, ritual magic, and that's a big part mm -hmm. of what I do. And I think yeah. what's important about what you said, too, is that your, you know, they really, they really inform one another because you, you knew what your deck was about, right? You were mm -hmm. really clear on the principles, on the why behind the deck, and right. that allowed you to then be very clear in transmitting the information to the right people. Mm -hmm. But that also then informs setting the intention on that metaphysical level because yes, you know, you're in alignment. Your, right. your principles are in alignment with everything else that you're expressing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so a really good exercise that people could do, even if it's just to um, test it out and see what comes up, is to, uh, you've seen this on many, many sales pages, this course is for you if, and then bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Mm -hmm. This course is not for you if, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. And so you get very, very clear about who you want to be in this group and who you don't want to be in the group and then you say that on the sales page and so it's very easy for people to self-select you know it's mm -hmm. like oh yeah I fit in that category or oh I guess this isn't for me because she just described the person that this is not for right so, <laughs> exactly yeah. it also helps if people like sign up for something and three weeks later they're like I want a refund and they're like mm -hmm. I thought that this was exactly. a Spanish tutorial and you're like where did you see that <laughs> yeah. like, did you yeah. read the list of what this is not it is not a yeah. Spanish tutorial <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so I've got one last question too because we you guys we are getting 
real close to the top of the hour. It I don't happens. think we're going to have – you know, when you have a great conversation, it, it, the time just flies. Uh, I don't think we're going to have time to answer questions. We'll see. But I want to finish off on, on this note. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes groups die. Now, Bree, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've been in groups that just kind of petered out or not, um, but I have. I've, I have, I've been in yeah. groups that I have closed also. Uh, you know, in fact, we had a group uh, years ago, Astro Creeps and Tarot Freaks, and it was a really lively forum for a while, and then finally it became like crickets. And one day the people uh, the people that I, I did the group with were kind of like, you know, nobody's coming here anymore. Let's just shut it down, and we just shut it down. Um, I've also had a group that I mentioned earlier that, you know, we were on a very public forum. It got very messy. There were people coming in who were starting to spam it and talk about stuff that was completely off topic. And uh, I didn't like that forum, and I thought, I need to switch gears. Nobody wanted to take over the forum, so I just shut it down, which did tick off a few people, but I didn't care. Uh, And I moved Mm -hmm. it to a different, more private forum, and now it's been really super quality. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. So the group Mm -hmm. has been thriving. So, you know, sometimes groups die. Sometimes we have to close or we have to get off certain forums because they're not working. So what do you think, Joanna, is the best way to close a group when it's run its course? How do you know when it's run its course? Mm -hmm. What is your advice on that? Well, I think that the the thing that's the most important to realize, first of all, is that it's the natural way of things to begin to wax to fullness and peak Mm -hmm. and then wane and then release. And so this happens to circles of all kinds, you know. Um, There comes, there's a life cycle. There's a whole life cycle. And, for example, with the guy in Tarot Circle, we're going to end next March, you know, because I decided that it was time. I actually decided about a year ago I was I was ready to release it before other people were, and um, I I kind of floated the idea out there with some people that I trust, my my allies, and um, one of the what we decided to do is to finish off. Uh, the card study of all 78 cards, and then that would would there would be a sense of completion, and there was also um, there's also people know ahead of time. So that's the first piece of advice that you don't just do it abruptly. You let people know ahead of time, hopefully months ahead of time, so that mm. they can make a decision to either keep going with you until the very end or to opt out sooner. And and a lot of people did opt out sooner, and that's that's fine. That's not a problem, but the other part of it is to um, have some kind of a ceremonial closing mm. so that so that it doesn't just peter out and it doesn't just, oh, my gosh, it's just not there anymore. You know, it's like you have a funeral when somebody dies, right? You know, so mm-hmm. that to have a ceremonial closing is very important. And so after we study the last cards, which will be the, um, the elder cards, um, we'll have a last call, and it will be an online and I, I say I know there's a lot of GTC members on this call, and so they don't know we're going to do this. So I guess I'm telling them now. Is that last <laughs> call where there's, um, you know, where each person will get a chance to share a little bit about what the circle has meant to them, and um, and we're not, I'm not sure what else will be there, but we'll we'll do something where we can we can honor the time that we've had together and um, give thanks. I'm getting choked up now. Give yeah. thanks because it's been such a wonderful experience mm-hmm. <laughs> on so many levels. And then we can put it to rest and let it to go and let it go. So that's, that's what I think. Tell them ahead of time and have a ceremonial closing. That's beautiful. Yeah. I tend to be a very abrupt girl. 
It's like, get done, bye. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. believe the way I used to dump men. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I have to practice your techniques, Joanna, because that's a much more softer. It's a beautiful approach, and it makes people actually feel like they're heard and yeah. appreciate it. So I I love that. I Again, I'm having another aha moment. This is wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so, Bree, anything else you want to ask Joanna? Because we're, like, right down to the last couple minutes here. Right now. Um, no. I think I think that uh, if we have a couple of questions, I don't know if we have time for them. but I'll We might have it. time to bring one person on. If All right, wants one hit, lucky person. One lucky person hit start. <laughs> if you have a question for Joanna um, about creating a healthy and dynamic online community, hit star two to raise your hand. Star two. And I will pull you on. Anybody? We have a quiet... In the meantime, I will say... Um, that I think I think that what you said about creating a closing ceremony is really important. Mm-hmm. One of the things that that I I find, and I'm wondering if you find this too, or Teresa, you as well, um, is that when you end any kind of community, whether it's like physical or virtual, there's a, a lot of times there's resistance because it feels like it's the end of all community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good, you know what, Bree, that's a really important point. What do you do when there's resistance to something coming to an end? What do you do when people get really hurt or upset or take it personally? Have you ever had that happen, Joanna or Bree, either um, one? I haven't had that happen, but I I do have to say that I am thinking about starting a new community after this one ends, which w- where tarot would be part of it, but would not be the sole focus of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still kind of sitting with that, but I have, you know, I have heard from a lot of people that they will will, will really miss it. And so I'm I'm still seeking guidance on um, on what to do next. And I'm I'm getting ideas and I'm jotting them down and I'm listening, but I I haven't made any firm decisions yet. But I do know that. Um, you know, I what I value about the past few years with this group is not only getting to know just some remarkable people, but even people who I don't even remember that well. We have had the most amazing things happen on some of the calls that we do. You know, we have, like, touched the face of the holy <laughs> more than mm-hmm. once, and it has been a really remarkable thing. And um, and I don't, I don't want to see that stop. Um, so I so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. But, you know, if I don't let this go, what is new cannot be born, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Something's got to die in yeah. order for something else to come into being. Yeah. Mm. And I I do know that I do know someone else who who shut down um a community that she had a paid community and a lot of people were really upset about it, but she just had to do it because she knew it was right for her. Right. And she went on to do other other things you know she went on to do other things and create other communities and do other work and and i think that you just have to be true to yourself and know uh you know follow your own inner guidance and you just can't you can't live your life according to what other people want you to do right you just can't so that's brilliant brilliant advice because it is easy too if you are in a group to really want to please that group too yeah. And being able to say, this isn't right for me anymore, or this this format doesn't work, or uh, I don't want to be here anymore, and this needs to go. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times that can open you up to people really 
being angry, being resistant, but if mm-hmm. you're going along and doing something to make everybody else happy and it really is draining your soul, you're not going to be mm-hmm. showing up for those people or you're not going to be present in a way that honors them either. Mm-hmm. So you kind of yeah. have to That's do true. it then. That's I true. believe that. That's mm-hmm. totally right. So yeah. we're going to get ready to start closing things down. We did not have a brave soul raise their hand. And, you know, we've got a lot of people on the webcast and a lot of people on the line. So okay. hopefully hopefully they're having a lot of aha moments. I have some <laughs> takeaways from this conversation. Okay. Um, and I hope everybody has enjoyed this show tonight. I think this is a very important topic. Uh, this is one that Bree and I were excited about. Bree, I want you to tell everybody what we got coming up next month because I know that you are hot on this one. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited about this. We are going to have the one and only Erica Liramark. And Teresa and I have both worked with Erica, and we love her. And she is completely awesome and rocks our world and this will be on september 25th same time same place 8 p.m central time and our topic is selling your services without selling out so this is a huge Mm. stumbling block i think for many many of us sacred artists how can you square yourself with the fact that if you have a business you actually have to sell something and make money from it and not feel like a sellout or like you should be giving away your spiritual gifts for free. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important topic. And, you know, a lot of metaphysical people, I find a lot of us are introverts, and the idea of selling makes our skin crawl. So <laughs> this is going yes. to be a Yes, and, and also yeah. feeling really there's still a big prejudice of if it's a spiritual gift, you should you should give it away. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we could have a whole show based on we that. We have a whole show. <laughs> I have opinions about that. Yeah. <laughs> we have to bring you out for that one, Joanna. <laughs> and, Joanna, I want yeah. to thank you so much for being here and spending this time with me and Bree. This has been a very wonderful show. Could you tell people where they can find you? Where can they find you, Joanna? Sure. If they're interested in my tarot deck, they can find me at guyantarot.com, and that's G-A-I-A-N, like Nancy, tarot.com. My main site is guyansoul.com, and that's where I blog, and that's where I have uh, information about my e-courses and all the other things that I do. And then I'm very active on Facebook, so facebook.com slash Joanna Powell Colbert, and also facebook.com slash guyantarot. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joanna. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great and so much good information. So everybody, I want to thank everyone also who did tune in tonight. Thank you so much. I hope that you have enjoyed this show, and I hope that this inspires you to go out there and create your communities or interact with communities maybe with a little bit more um, grace and wisdom. Uh, we got a great show next month. I hope you guys are there. And again, thank you. My name is Teresa Reed. You can find me at www.thetarolady.com. And Bree, what about you? I'm Bree Saucy. Everyone, we love you. You're part of our virtual community. And you guys <laughs> rock. You can find me at www.milagroroot.com. I hope that you all have a beautiful evening. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.